All right, welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Alu Axelman. Thanks for being with us today. We have on a awesome guest, Mr. Nicholas Wildstar, who is running for governor of California. Nicholas, thank you so much for being with us. Do you go by Nick or Nicholas? Either or, just as long as you remember me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for joining us. A pleasure to be here uh, on the Liberty Block and have a chance to speak with you and your audience. Yes, sir. I'm excited. So for those who are watching on video, they can see your background. Do you want to explain that background real quick? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, right now here in the state of California, we're recalling our governor, Governor Gavin Newsom. You've probably seen him on the news during the pandemic panic you know, alongside uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, because they similar than they in their response to the coronavirus, which is basically to lock down the state, lock down the economy, close schools, close businesses, and only allow for those to be considered essential to, you know, uh, op stay in operation. So, um, it, actually, believe it or not. The people of California were petitioning to recall the governor before the uh, pandemic happened because of his response to the job market. He signed a bill called AB5 that basically prevents people from working as an independent contractor. So you had, uh, in the last election, you had um, rideshare drivers for Uber and Lyft pretty much pressure us to pass a bill to give them a loophole out of that. But every other person, you know, accountants, roofers, flooring contractors, you know, uh, uh, and nannies, none of these people can work for themselves and work as an independent contractor, at least. So uh, it hurt the job market severely. And this, again, was before the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, I actually heard about that. I, I remember a few months ago or a year ago. Uh, he he hurt all independent contractors, so people who do 1099 work for themselves, uh, contractors like like uh, rideshare drivers. Could you explain the technicality and refresh my memory exactly what was the issue? Did he ban it or did he require that everyone be given certain uh, benefits by an employer, meaning they would have to they couldn't be contractors? Exactly. So in order for them to continue to work, they would have to be taken on as an employee by the employer and they have to provide them with benefits just like they would any other employer, which um, also puts the business owner in an imposition if they aren't able to you know, afford to be able to provide benefits for all of their employees. So this affected not only the larger corporations, but small businesses as well that again, were pretty much operating on a shoestring budget to begin with. So it severely impacted the job market, as I said to you before, and uh, even worse with this response to the lockdowns, even though you know a lot of us were uh, completely unaware of what the impact of the coronavirus outbreak would have been. Uh, Governor Newsom responded as one of the first with the most severe lockdown um, precautions, but it's been stretched on now for over a year. And um, ever since then, the coronavirus cases in the state have continued to go up. <laughs> so the lockdowns pretty much haven't stopped the virus from spreading. Um, not to mention, again, the businesses that have been severely impacted by it, that have been put out of business, 
Meanwhile, he has a winery that's been open this entire time. It's received uh, triple P loans that were meant to help small businesses. That's his winery? His winery. Yes, exactly. And it's a multi-million dollar business, you know. Um, and he also was caught out having dinner in restaurant at, at a fancy restaurant alongside, you know, peers and not wearing masks, not socially distancing, but also imposing those measures on the people of the state and even going as far as to finding and shutting down other businesses that chose to offer indoor dining to the public. So uh, it's very hypocritical and more so reflective of one of those type of leaders that's, you know, go around saying, do as I say, not as I do. And taxpayers of California are sick of it. So we, the people of California, are responding by recalling him. And uh, so far, we've collected over 2 million signatures, 2.1 million signatures. We only needed 1.5. And right now they're being counted by the state to be verified for a special election. So if that happens, I'll have the opportunity to run for governor twice here in California within the next year or so, if I don't get elected during the recall. <laughs> so if the recall is triggered, you have enough signatures, if the court uh, certifies them or doesn't throw out more than half of the signatures, there will right. be an election to recall. And you told me simultaneously to elect a new governor? Correct. So the recall ballot will be as follows. We, the people, will have two options. We'll be first asked, would you like to recall Gavin Newsom? Yes or no. And then the following question is, if he is recalled, who would you like to replace him? So whether you choose to vote yes or no on the first portion of that, you also have the opportunity to choose a new governor of California. And um, if the recall portion gets more than 50%. Whatever candidate gets the most votes in the uh, second part it wins and would take office 10 days later. Okay, so a few questions, because this is fascinating and this is pretty unique in politics, right? So the first question is just confirm to make it clear that to recall him, all you need is 50% plus one vote? Precisely. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's like that. And then, like I said, the winner that... Uh, the person, the candidate that has the most votes uh, for the recall wins. So the last time this ha happened in California, the first time that we've been able to recall a governor since we added it as an amendment to our constitution was uh, the recall of Governor Gray Davis, another Democratic governor who we replaced with Arnold Schwarzenegger of all people. Now he won with only 44% of the vote. So that means that if you have three candidates over 30% and one of them has 35%, that candidate would win and become the new governor. So, And is there no limit to how many candidates could be in this? The, the, I mean, no. an infinite number of candidates could be running. Correct. It's pretty much uh, every man for himself. In the, in the recall election, we had over 100 candidates the last time. Wow. Uh, it's a possibility that with, again, this recall uh, bringing a lot of attention to the governor's race that it can happen again. We have a lot of candidates fall out of the woodworks. So right now as it stands, if the recall happens, do you know when that, that election would take place? Would it be this November? Most likely it would happen this fall or before the end of the year. I believe the secretary of state is given about six months to schedule that recall. 
it's a generous amount of time, which is extremely awful for the people of California, which is why I think there'll be a lot of pressure on the lieutenant governor to have that scheduled sooner than later, um, which most likely, again, we're looking ar around October, November for that to happen. And right now, the secretary of state, I assume, is a hardcore Democrat progressive who probably supports Newsom. Of course. Yes, absolutely. And the problem with Secretary of State and, and for the for the viewers and listeners, Secretary of State's generally control, you know, the elections, they set up the dates and they control the elections. They're the top person. Now, they have a few tools they can use. They can't totally uh, they can cheat, but, you know, they can't totally legally change the vote. But they have some things they could do if they want Newsom to win this recall or not be recalled. They can schedule it on, let's say, November 5th, if that's Election Day, because Election Day, even though it's 2021, there might be other elections or they could schedule it on a big presidential or congressional election where it'll have higher turnout and probably more Democrats. So they can, you know, they can make it on a day where there's nothing else and make it just that election, meaning only few people will show up and only those who really care, who right. are really well informed on this on this issue. So th these are some of the tools I've seen used in New Hampshire for uh, special elections, if, depending on the day, you know what I mean? You can kind of uh, craft exactly what kind of electorate you might want. If a certain electorate is busy on that Tuesday because it's their holiday, you might get other people voting on that day. So there are a lot of different things the Secretary of State can do. Have you have you thought about that being an issue? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, Sacramento is in control of this special election as it stands. It happened with the previous attempts to recall him where we gathered signatures that were deemed ineligible by the Secretary of State. There were cases where they supposedly lost a certain amount of those petitions as well. So um, thankfully this time it was extremely organized and all of those petitions were collected by a central uh, you know, uh, organization that also verified those signatures uh, before they sent them off to the Secretary of State. So um, that's why we're confident that we have collected enough signatures to trigger that special election. Um, but you're also right with regards to them pushing out the date as far as possible. Like I said, the people of California are suffering. You know, uh, you have parents that want to send their kids to school and you have people that want to get back to work and continue their day to day lives. And with the summer being around the corner and beaches and other tourist attractions here in the state like, um, you know, Disneyland and other theme parks, We'd like to see the economy get jump started as soon as possible. So to push it off later would be uh, more strenuous on the pockets of the people of California. But it would also play in favor for the Democratic Party if they want to disenfranchise those people that are upset about uh, what's going on in the state because uh, you have in, in June, the governor said that he's pretty much going to reopen the economy and uh, reopen the state completely. So that'll deter people. They're now becoming more comf uh, comfortable on receiving monthly payments and government aid thanks to the stimulus package that's been passed here in the state as well. So all of this is to satisfy the uh, people of California to, again, prevent them from wanting to get involved in that recall. But you, those of us that are upset with how he's governing the state, we are dedicated to that cause and will continue to promote it. Yeah, that's a good point. Just the time alone, if they push it off six months, a lot can change in six months. If he starts reopening, 
Right. A lot of people will forget a lot about Corona fascism in six months. We're going to have entirely new issues. Who knows what will be the issue du jour in six months. So you're right. Just the time. If they push it off six months, that'll make a huge difference regardless right. of the, the dates exactly. But so have you thought about theoretically the secretary of state or judges? I know sometimes that the judges throughout these petitions, what if they invalidate 99% of signatures? They say that they don't trust the people who got the signatures or they don't like the way the signature looks um, or any other reason, and they throw out 99%, and then there's no recoil. Recall. They could do that, and you have no recourse, right? You can send an email, you can beat up the Secretary of State, but what are you going to do about it? Have you thought about exactly. that being a possibility? Because it, it is theoretically possible, right? It is, theoretically. And you're <laughs> they, a libertarian, so you don't trust the government much, right? <laughs> not oh. at all. <laughs> I do not. Uh, trust about as far as I can throw them, and that is a really far when they're right around the corner and breathing down your neck. But it is sad that that is a possibility that it could be deemed that a lot of the signatures aren't verified or the way that they were collected were could be in question. Um, and I believe if that were to happen, that would seriously, um, you know, uh, upset the people of California and cause them to revolt in more ways than just this one. Um, so we're hoping most to peaceful ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are hoping to keep things civil and peaceful. And that's why we went through the petitioning process to recall him, because that is our lawful way of removing an elected official. Now, if they happen to challenge that, I'm pretty sure that the um, people in charge of initiating the recall, the main proponents will probably challenge that through the legal system. But then again, that stretches out the process even further to where we, the people, suffer and uh, you know they aren't feeling justified in having gone through this legal process and be denied. So that's the uphill battle that we face. But thankfully, again, as I said, we had a third party verify them, a very reputable third party company that only focuses on doing this and providing this type of service. So if it is deemed to where uh, a certain amount of those signatures are questionable or challenged. We have this third-party company to add to that validity of it. That That is good. That makes me feel a little more confident in this. So right now, do you know how many candidates have filed or, or will be candidates for governor? I believe there's about a dozen of us or so, um, with me included, as far as declared candidates. And um, But this is for the 2022 election. As far as the recall elections, it is, since it has not been declared yet. Um, There's nothing official yet. Yes, exactly. So you, the candidates that are running are focusing more so on 2022. And if the recall happens, may shift their focus to that or continue to only focus on 2022. Um, but the majority of the candidates most likely will be uh, under the Republican banner, probably libertarian, green, et cetera, independence, but because the Democrats are pretty much putting all of their money behind Gruesome Newsome, you know, uh, it's most likely that another Democratic contender won't step up to the plate. Nancy Pelosi has already pressured people like Antonio Villaraigosa, who publicly expressed interest at some point to retract that. <laughs> so Very interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. There will be no Democrats running because there will be Newsom no is the guy. Democrats. Right. So exactly. a lot of Republicans will run. And, and again, as a pessimist, what I see happening is the GOP establishment 
in New in California and everywhere will see someone like you, who I assume they hate because you're not part of the GOP establishment. You actually love freedom. You're not a corrupt politician. Uh, maybe they can't buy you and control you. And they will do everything in their power to even including mostly peaceful things, meaning non-peaceful, violent things to you, like kill you, um, to make you deterred from running and incentivize you to drop out in the name of let's just get all behind like a primary, let's get behind one good Republican who's pretty good, who kind of supports some freedom. Right. So I don't know if you felt the pressure yet, but if the recall is actually made official and, and uh, certified and they schedule a date for the election and it's all like really happening, I assume there's going to be tremendous pressure. Like I told you uh, be before the show, tremendous pressure on you to drop out and, and endorse one of the other Republicans. Have you thought about that? And do you have a plan, I guess, to combat the pressure? Because you've probably felt some political pressure. I've felt some. We've both run in elections before. There's going to be tremendous pressure as big as the California GOP as big as maybe Trump and other big Republican national figures there because you're running as a Republican. Right. So there will be tremendous pressure for you to you know, support the party. Oh, right. And I'm not going to do that at all. I mean, the California GOP is pretty much non-existent. They're doing their best to kind of wrap up now because of the recall effort and because the people that spearheaded that uh, lean more to the right and consider themselves to be conservative. So they're jumping on the bandwagon opposed to have led it the entire time. So um, people such as myself, a libertarian um, principled candidate is not gonna be easily swayed by what they have to offer. I know what it takes to win California. They are still suspect of that. Um, I know that it's going to take a matter of meeting the people on, uh, that consider themselves to be on the left or Democrats or liberals. You have to meet them somewhere in the middle in order to unseat Gavin Newsom, you know, and if they stay hardcore right and continue to uh, promote issues that are divisive and um, are against the values of California voters, then they're not going to win over the majority needed. And because I'm going to stay true to those principles, um, anti-establishment, you know, um, anti-union and uh, or not anti-union, but the control that they have over the Mid union the, the the United States Union of the States or, or unions as far as labor unions? <laughs> a little bit of both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Since I am also part of the Yes California Congress, which promotes uh, the Cal Exit Initiative. I just missed a call from Marcus. He's, he's oh, wow. All right. Yeah, yeah that's my man there. <laughs> President of Yes California. So. I'm, I'm glad you're working with him. I was going to ask you if, if you're in touch. But good. Indeed. Yes. But uh, California independence also needs to be discussed and considered as well. So that's what I'm saying. In order for the Republicans to be able to attract the majority of voters to win that special election, they're going to have to, um, you know, meet the voters of California halfway. And they don't seem to be compromising of that. I've already been told uh, by a few um, I guess, media outlets, independent journalists, that if another establishment Republican, one that they seek as being one that's a bigger contender against Newsom, that we should all rally behind him and I should drop out and tell my supporters to, you know, vote for them. It's not going to happen, you know, um, mainly because I have yet to be convinced about any other candidate other than myself. 
that is um, eligible to serve as the representative for we the people of California. And until that person comes along, I'll continue, I'll continue to offer myself as that uh, possibility. Okay, so if the recall election and the new governor election is triggered and set for October of this year, why should voters in California support you? I actually don't even know much about your history. What is your <laughs> history like? Well, I guess what's your resume? What have you done? What makes you fit to lead a place in California better than Gruesome Newsome? Well, I don't have the long, extensive relationship uh, that he has. The type of cronyism that has created the backdoor deals that has closed out the people of California, you know, the working class and the downtrodden and the underserved communities here in the state that feel like these elected representatives are on their side. And then, of course, all of a sudden, once they get into office, prove otherwise. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a walking example of that upset voter in California that wants to do something and wants to see something different from their community uh, representatives. And over the past decade, I've proven that with my track record by getting out there myself and getting involved, um, protesting and rallying and all sorts of demonstrations throughout the state, whether it be to reopen the state or Black Lives Matter protests uh, for you know, uh, police abuse of powers. I myself have been victim of that and have challenged the system, uh, judicial system myself. So I'm definitely one of the people that have proven through their track record that they're committed to fighting a just cause, fighting for liberty and freedom, for all the people of California. Not to mention as a candidate, I'm the only one really offering solutions to the problems. I mean, when it comes to taxation, I'm the only candidate that's really offering to eliminate taxes, especially during this pandemic when people deserve to keep more money in their pocket. So now, you read my article. <laughs> I have not yet, but if it, if it's along those lines, I need to. It explains know? how we can get rid of taxation with without sacrificing the roads and without yes. sacrificing government revenue and the government being able to run because there are plenty of alternative ways and I'll send it to you later and you can make it part of your platform, but I'm glad you're willing to at least consider lowering yes. or abolishing taxation. Governments don't need taxation. They can raise billions a year and fund their annual revenue without, without extortion and stealing from exactly. us by force. And that's one of my plans is to shift to non-taxpayer revenue generators, like, you know, leasing off some of our state highways and allowing companies like Domino's, you know, to come in and pave roads and fix potholes all in exchange for putting down a Domino's logo. I'm okay with that. And I'm sure the people of the communities are okay with that, especially if they don't have to foot the bill for it. And you understand capitalism and, and markets and incentives because Domino's benefits, otherwise they wouldn't do it. They benefit because they get great advertisement. It's phenomenal PR. And it's not just uh, a novelty thing. It, it, it's great PR. And imagine what Bezos would do. What would Amazon and Google and Facebook do if they can spend a few bucks paving a road and get a road paved and good PR and actual advertising. And if the advertising made sense, if it were cheaper than advertising on billboards, they would advertise on roads that they paved. And it's very mm. simple. This is all simple economics, but you and I need to do better at explaining this to people who are not economists who are not 
politically astute who, who just don't think about these things. They think the only way for a government to get money and do services and do things is via taxation. Exactly. And that's what I do my best to explain to people to say, hey, instead of spending $100 million a year on repairing a highway, how about making $100 million a year off of leasing that highway? And we won't have to pay for repairs because they take care of that. So we're making money and the, the state is able to benefit from that in multiple ways. Um, and what I was saying about being a candidate that's the only one offering solutions when it comes to homelessness, we have one of the highest populations in the entire nation. And I'm actually offering to build homes for the unhoused community uh, by building 3D printed homes. These are homes that can be built in less than 24 hours. They cost less than $5,000 each and they're self-sustainable. So instead of spending hundreds of millions of dollars each year on temporary housing, um, like our governor did, uh, he spent $100 million last year putting um, homeless people in hotels, rundown hotels, you know, overspending on these rooms instead of, again, building homes for them. Uh, so that's exactly what I would do and what I'm planning on doing once I'm governor. You'd build these homes, but you'd make sure you follow all the, the billion zoning laws, right? Because I don't want to talk to a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, the zoning laws go out the window, too. Yeah, you know what's happening with the, the tiny homes, the tiny houses, right? Yes, and that's actually another problem is, you know, those restrictive laws that prevent people of the community from being able to respond to these societal problems. So instead of having laws that prevent people from feeding the homeless or building tiny homes themselves, uh, because they're not up to code, uh, just get rid of them completely. And that's one of the things that I'll be doing to make California a more free state. It's just nullifying, repeal, repealing the laws on the books. I don't have to make new laws. It's the laws that exist that are a problem, you know? Um, and I'm also planning to make California a constitutional carry state by doing just that, nullifying the Mulford Act, um, laws that prevent people from maiming and buying rubber bullets to protect their homes and, you know, not forcing them to have to fatal, fatally kill someone you know, uh, simply just to protect themselves. It's ridiculous. Excellent. So we have gun rights, which is good because I'm, I'm the biggest gun rights advocate in the world. We All have right. Economic freedom, um, helping the homeless by allowing them to have property rights and, and build homes that are cheaper and don't have to worry about regulations. What else do you have in your major platforms if you've thought about all your, your major platform issues? State independence, as we spoke about before. One of the biggest things that I'm going to be introducing, I, I'm calling the Gold New Deal, and is basically a way of uh, responding to our crisis, our global crisis that we're having with the environment. Um, we definitely need to shift to renewable energies. There's a way to do that with we, the people being in, in control of our resources, instead of letting the corporatism and the conglomerate continue to control those resources and tax us for it and charge us for it. Nestle in, our, in the state of California siphons off hundreds of thousands of gallons of fresh water, sells it back to us in bottled water form. And we see the elevation of the state um, 
suffer because of that. You know, you have a waterbed that's rising and the state literally is sinking into the ocean. So if we want to save our state, we definitely have to respond to the environmental issues. So I'll be shifting our, uh, our, our utilities to a public owned utility. Uh, this will be water and power provided to the people of the state at no cost. Once we invest into it, then we don't have to pay for it again. And if a larger corporation wants to come and into our state and use more energy than the average household, they'll have to pay for that. And the people of California will benefit from that. And if we, again, are shifting to renewable energy uh, and renewable energies to um, provide power for our state, then now we don't have to worry about fossil fuels. I also would like to create um, atmospheric water generators. These AW AWG machines basically create water out of thin air. <laughs> uh, so if we line them up along the coastline, we'll have an opportunity to alleviate drought in the state and make sure everyone has access to water and prevent us from having to do any excess drilling and uh, you know, funneling into the state to remove water that's needed for it to stay um, elevated, pretty much. And other than than the environmental issues and, and the water and drought issues, why would you even consider something as radical as state independence or secession? I think personally, people in D.C. like uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, Trump, Schumer are doing a phenomenal job running the country for everyone. They're smarter <laughs> than us. So, I can't keep right. a straight face. <laughs> but a good way what are the it. other reasons that, that have pushed you to support independence and work with crazy people like Marcus and me? <laughs> well, just uh, not being dependable on the powers that be. Just look at Texas, okay, with what happened with their recent power outage. That was because of a power company hitting the light switch. Uh, they want to blame it on some type of technical issue, but if you research it, you actually find out that they were doing scheduled um, power blackouts to prevent burnouts and fires. Uh, that's actually what PG&E and SoCal Edison does here in the state, and they've actually been found liable for, uh, for power issues, for some of those, um, what is it, the transmitters blowing up. <laughs> and causing some of these fires, these wildfires here in the state. This led to hundreds of people's deaths and you know hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. So why do they continue to act criminally in our state, provide inefficient services, and we the people have to foot the bill for it? It shouldn't exist at all. Uh, so if we shift to having our own energy resources, then we don't have to be reliant upon them. It'll be more reliable and we won't be have to, having to pay an arm and a leg for it. And if a state becomes independent, everyone in their state, all their taxpayers immediately gains or gets to keep 20, 30, 40 percent more of their money. Exactly. Um, meaning they essentially get an increase of a quarter or a half of their money because my biggest bill, my single biggest bill in the, my life is the federal income tax. It's 25% a year. Right. And without wow. the federal government, you don't have to pay uh, federal income taxes or deal with the other federal taxes or the other uh, $2 trillion worth of economic damage from federal regulations. 
Right. And people don't understand that if we're borrowing money from the federal government to fund state projects, then we have to pay them back at some point. We want to end that relationship and get ourselves out of debt. We have to look towards independence at some point. So that's going to set us free economically from the federal government, which we are also a donor state of, since we loan the federal government more than we borrow. So instead of helping you know, uh, educational systems and healthcare systems in other states, um, transportation systems in other states become better, use that money here in the state first and foremost, make California better. And then if we have surplus, we can loan that to those in need. And that's another part of my Gold New Deal um, offer as well, is to shift us to more reliable public transportation systems. We have a high-speed rail system that is, has not been built yet, uh, yet over the past 10 years, we've been paying taxes on it. And um, I, I see a shift to actually have us having that be available without taxpayers footing the bill. If we gave up those project uh, contracts to companies like Tesla or Virgin, who is creating a Hyperloop out in Nevada, you know, maybe we can have a Hyperloop here in California. Uh, or a, a, a maglev train running from Sacramento to Los Angeles. We can have that, but we got to end the government regulation and get rid of the red tape that's preventing that um, innovation. So it's so interesting that you talk about independence, which is very interesting because it kind of throws me off because generally how a lot of people think is that you know we're one union and some states are a little bit different. And a lot of people like me, when I'm being pessimistic, is we're inclined to tell people who believe in liberty to give up on California and just leave, move to somewhere like Texas, Florida, New Hampshire, where I am, which I think is the freest state, or Wyoming or some other pretty free state, and give up on California because it's become evident that the people don't like freedom because of how they've voted for the last 50 years. In general, I know politicians don't totally represent the will of the voters, um, but what they have voted for is increasing taxes, increasing gun control, increasing exactly. regulations. Um, so how do you reconcile that with staying and running for office, but also independence, which makes it all very interesting? Well, a lot of people are misled to believe that that's what the California voter uh, thinks. But in the past election, our voting record has proven that to be um, not true at all. We actually voted more libertarian in the last election than anything before because we voted against a lot of tax increases, um, whether they use the guise of making public schools better or our roads better. The people of California said, no, we're not going to give you more money. We also voted to not expand affirmative action of all things. Wow. In what sense did you guys vote for this? Were these ballot questions or just yes. with these really? ballot initiatives in the last election? Really? And like I said, we also voted uh, for Prop 22, which the left and the Democrat went hard at to say that it's um, going to be a job killer and prevent people from being able to have access to benefits. But the people of California rallied behind the independent contractors, the rideshare drivers in particular, to give them that opportunity. And now they're uh, they're being attacked, Uber and Lyft are still being attacked by the legal system here. 
to where now they have a shortage of drivers. So it's caused this type of rift between those people that want to just work for themselves <laughs> and people that want to lean on the system and the uh, powers that be to, you know, prop them up and give them that crutch. So I think, again, if more people of California were given the opportunity to know that they have a candidate that supports more of their ideals and support more of their freedoms and liberties and expanding of that versus a you know restriction of it, then they'd be more inclined to vote for that candidate. It's just that the mainstream media system that exists here does not like to take on pr promoting those candidates. And that's where I have my work cut out for me since I am a grassroots candidate and you know aren't backed by them or the um, special interests. So you won't be convinced to move to New Hampshire if you like freedom? <laughs> or in the state of California? I, I sure will. You get a New Hampshire governor that's, you know, talking about what I'm talking about, then, you know, maybe I'll make my way out there. If not, maybe I'll come and run myself. <laughs> but for now, I feel like we should be fighting for freedom wherever we are, you know, whether it's New Hampshire, Texas, Florida, Wisconsin, where I'm originally from, or California, where I live now. You know, this is our home. And if we want our country to stand true to its principles and values that it was built on, it's going to take us standing up and defending them if we have people that violate them in control of our society. And what's so interesting is I don't know the other Republican candidates who are going to run. Again, it could be 5, 10, 20 other candidates. But you present something very interesting, which could be very beneficial because you're not a typical Republican. Obviously, you, you like freedom. So you <laughs> will be a lot closer, I think, to the average California voter. Of course, there are 40 million. So there's no one. There are some conservatives, some very Democrats, some libertarian, some moderate centrists. But you believe in freedom. So you can give them those, you present those ideas of freedom. But you also support a lot of progressive things culturally, it seems like. you. I think you don't support the war on drugs. You support police accountability. You support you know, environmental protection. You support a lot of things that are, are very near and dear to California voters, but at the same time, you offer them liberty. So I think you present a case that maybe no other Republicans do, which is why you could get a few million votes from centrists and even liberals, but you could also get the votes of people who love liberty from Republicans. And that's what makes me optimistic about your run for governor, depending on who the other candidates right. are. Exactly. And a lot of people that I've spoken with during my campaign, um, because I've also been one of the leading signature gatherers for the recall petition. So I've over the past four or five months been out there twice a week for about four hours a, a day collecting signatures to get him out of office. Um, and I got to speak with thousands of voters, potential voters of me and of that recall. And a lot of them uh, appreciate the opportunity that I provide by saying, hey, I can unite people on the right, on the left, in the center. You know, I can unite the black people, the white people, you know, <laughs> the Hispanic people. I can unite the conservatives, the liberals. I can be that person needed to make California a better state. And that's what they're looking for right now, because they feel like the leaders that we have 
it only benefits a certain few versus the many of us. And um, a lot of people are neglected. I mean, even though we have one of the highest populations in the country, like you said, over 40 million people, we have a small electorate group. You know, why is only 10% of that people uh, uh, of that population actually showing up at the voter booths? Oh, wow. That's you're not inspired to, you know? Um, so if I have the opportunity to uh, become more known by those people that are feeling disenfranchised by the political system that aren't feeling motivated to go out there and get involved in the voting process to make that change, then I believe that I will be the next governor of California. And to get out there and, and get in front of 40 million people, because some people in California, probably only a few, but not some people might not know who you are yet. Um, right. Of course, after the Liberty Block, everyone in California will know who you are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in, in order to get out there to everyone, the things you'll need, I think, is to get on a lot of big media in California, local and big national media. And also for everything, you'll need a lot of money. Do you have, obviously you have good ideas, but do you have the fundraising experience and, and the ability to raise millions? Because I assume you need to raise at least a few million to have a legitimate chance to win any governor race in California. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing about the governor's races or any election here in the state of California is there's always a loser. And as much money as they spend on these elections, which I'm pretty sure they'll probably dump a, a few tens of millions into this special election, somebody's going to lose. Uh, so not all of that money is needed to win over the minds and hearts of the people of California. What you really just need is an avenue. And thankfully, because of the majority of people being online right now, uh, social media and other you know, ways to reach out to people uh, virtually is something that's working in my favor. Going door to door isn't you know, uh, something that's really popular right now anyway. Um, but even if I were to still make that effort, that's going to make me stand out even more than the other candidates. But um, you're absolutely right. It's going to take a lot of attention. I don't think it's going to take money to do that. But thankfully, I do have people that are working on my campaign behind the scenes that have been involved in some very high profile campaigns like the uh, Joe Jorgensen campaign for president, who was the libertarian candidate. I have a few of her ex-staffers working on uh, with me for Team Wildstar. Um, so we're prepared as far as if we have the money to come in, we have the infrastructure ready for that. Uh, getting that money is going to be another story <laughs> since uh, the majority of the funding right now is coming from we the people, you know. Um, if I'm able to attract some maybe larger farmer farming groups or uh, marijuana industry, you know, uh, tech corporations, whatever the case, if they are uh, excited about my campaign, hopefully they'll be able to contribute. Um, but again, mainly it's going to take that peer-to-peer -peer kind of word of mouth uh, buzz to get the attention that I believe I, I'm going to need in order to win. Well, a pessimist in me thinks that if you ever start getting some momentum, getting closer to the election, if you are having good poll results and good momentum and you become popular, the big media will shut you down. You won't get any TV or radio interviews, except for, you know, decent podcasts like me who like freedom or independent. But 
also, if you are really a threat, Zuckerberg and Dorsey will shut you down in an instant, right? They'll throw you off Facebook and Twitter. They'll say that you violated the terms because you opposed corona fascism or something else or the government or taxes, gun control, and they'll throw you off or severely censor your reach on social media. So have you already started looking into all the alternative social medias, like alternative conservative stuff, but also totally decentralized social media on a blockchain, maybe like something like Mastodon or other LBRY type of social media platforms? I haven't heard of those before, but believe it or not, I'm actually developing my own. I have been for the past year or so. I've been working with Dan Taxation is Theft on uh, uh, creating that for us liberty movement, you know, activists out there that have been already shut down by the Facebooks and Twitters and Instagrams. You know, it's already happened to us where we've had to create duplicate accounts just to kind of still have some bit of a presence on those uh, platforms. So uh, we're creating our own wildstar.world. It's actually up and running right now, but um, it hasn't been developed yet. We're still working on the back part of that. But um, I've, I believe if I were to get popular enough <laughs> by, by way of word of mouth, there's nothing that the mainstream media could do at that point to stop me. Even if when it comes to polls, um, that costs. And even to get into debates, I learned that during my 2018 candidate campaign for California governor, where I was endorsed by the Libertarian Party, that in order for you to get on that debate stage, you have to have fundraised over $100,000. You know, that's the minimum for a candidate to be up there. So unless I hit that dollar amount, you won't see me on any main, mainstream stage. And if you do, they'll move the goalposts. If you raise 100,000, they'll say you need 500,000. Exactly. Um, and the same with the polls. We saw that with Gary Johnson. He was polling well, I think. And then they kept moving the goalpost up. And they'll do whatever they have to do to exclude you from the debates. And that's a good point. If you are not in the debates and you're not in the polls because all the major polling places will not have you, I assume, because you will be supporting freedom and they're not into that. If you're not in the polls or the debates... It's very hard to get any voter, even if you go to the door and talk to them, knock on their door, and they, they love you. If you're not in polls or debates, they don't see you as legitimate. They think right. you're some fringe crazy person. And, and that's a big obstacle to overcome. Exactly. And that's why being on platforms such as yours, the Liberty Block, adds more to that legitimacy. So I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you very much uh, for giving me that opportunity because it it gives me a chance to be heard where I'm again ignored and uh, censored by the powers that be and prevented that opportunity from being heard by the masses. So when they go to do research themselves, this will be there to provide more information to them. And that's really what it's going to take is those type of voters to do their due diligence research their candidates, not just rely on the mainstream media to provide them with all of the people on the ballot, because we find that out in every election. They talk about maybe a good handful of candidates, and then you get in the voting booth, and you see dozens of them. Big surprise. All of these people, right? (laughs) And a lot of people of California are sick of that happening. So they're not. And um, the one thing that the mainstream media has done is they've, uh, they've, kind of degraded their own integrity by not making themselves reliable. So a lot of people aren't turning to the media for- They are losing faith. Exactly, they're losing faith in them completely. So if they're turning to independent journalists and you know uh, resources such as yours, 
that's again going to give them an opportunity to learn more about their candidate before they hit the voting booth. And to me, uh, I learned all I got to do is get my name on that ballot. That's all the credibility I need to where I can let people know when you get in that voting booth, I'll be there. Ignore everybody else that you see. Just look for my name, check that box, and that's all you got to do. And ultimately, once the campaign does officially start, you're going to accept donations, I assume, online. You'll, you'll set up a thing online to accept donations from credit cards and all that stuff and donation oh, yeah. PayPal. Will you also accept crypto? Because a lot of people might love you and want to donate in crypto. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Actually, on my website, wildstar2022.com, I have an opportunity for people to make a contribution to my campaign right there. So if you want to make a donation, definitely visit my website and please do so. But I um, accept crypto donations directly. So if you want to uh, make a crypto donation to me and my activism, uh, <laughs> then visit my website, governorwildstar.com and click on uh, donate and you'll be able to make a, a, a crypto contribution there. Excellent. Anything else you want to tell the listeners about you, your history or your platforms or how to get in touch with you and follow you? I know you just mentioned the websites. Yes. On my website, wildstar2022.com as well as governorwildstar.com. You're able to connect with me on social media. So visit both websites, one or the other or whatever. And also be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel. And uh, please just join the Liberty Movement. Because as I said before, I'm a grassroots activist. And what's going to help me gain more momentum and what I'm doing and what I'm attempting to achieve for the people of California is going to take a significant amount of people talking about me and what's going on. So please spread the word, tell others about my campaign, um, watch any of my other videos, share. I'm also a musician, <laughs> a rap artist. So a, a lot of people ask me, how can they support? You can listen to my music too and just say, hey, have you heard of this artist, <laughs> you know, who's running for California governor? So um, all of that helps. It just brings more attention and it's going to take notoriety and name recognition in order for me to win this election. So please help in that effort and do all of you can to help the people of California bring back liberty. Excellent. Thank you so much. We're going to put the link to your websites down below in the description and everything. Thank you so much, Mr. Wildstar. You've won me over. If I lived in California, you'd have my vote for sure. Um, <laughs> all right. So check out libertyblock.com. Check out his websites. We'll link them in the description. Thank you so much and have a great day.